the end zone, and it is caught. Adolf here. Chubb. Down inside. The silent count. He bails out of the pocket there. And oh, Josh Hallers. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the JWB Dynasty Digest, where we give you a consumable dynasty perspective. I'm Wyatt. You can find me on Twitter at WyattB underscore FF. I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Skylar. You can find him at the FF Buffalo. And today we're joined by a special guest of ours. You can find him on the Fancy Hot Read and at Dynasty Warzone. It's our buddy, Tyler. You can find him on Twitter at FF Tyler O. Tyler, how's it going? Things are good, man. Happy to be here. Happy to talk some Dynasty. I feel like we've uh, been chatting with each other for a couple months. Happy to finally get this out as a pod with the boys. So thanks for having me. Yes, it is great to get us all together. And in addition to that, I believe you have some uh, special news for us. So why don't you get after it? Absolutely, absolutely. So as you mentioned, I, um, I'm the co-owner of the Fantasy Hot Read with my co-owner, um, Dominic. You can find him on Twitter, at EnvisionFF. We've been running the Fantasy Hot Read for about four, maybe five years at this point, specializing in redraft content. You know, our, our big thing that we put out there has got to be our podcast. Um, it's where we get a lot of our engagement. It's really our bread and butter, the flagship, uh, some may say. Um, but we've decided to uh, expand a little bit, um, and we are going to be starting a partnership this season with JWB, Wyatt, Skyler, the rest of the guys. We're really excited about that. Um, you know, they're, they're some of the, the brightest fantasy minds out there up and coming. So we figured why not uh, kind of jump on together and uh, get some more podcasts rolling because it was just Dom and I kind of holding down the show. So we're going to be working together this season. We're super excited about it. And, and honestly, you know, I, these guys at JWB have – We've grown, grown pretty close over the last couple of months, and you know I'm proud to call them my friends. So to be able to have a partnership with your friends and also some really bright guys, like it's, it's a pretty awesome thing, and I'm really looking forward to working with y'all. Yeah, I, 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 for one, am extremely excited to work with some people who not only do I like to hang out with and talk to, but that I really respect in the fantasy world. So I'm, I'm super excited about it. Okay, it's going to be a really fun year. Yeah. So before we talk some players, we're going to do a quick uh, would you rather for you, Tyler. Now, most people on Twitter probably know, but you're basically like the unofficial spokesperson of Natty Light, I would yes. say. Right. Yes. Yeah. Would you think that's yeah accurate? Yeah. So here's the deal. Either Natty Light is going out of business or your fantasy season, everything you've worked for, everything you've said, it all goes to crap. Nothing works. Just one 20- of those has to happen. Just for 2021. So I sacrificed yeah. my 2021 season. For the entire life. season, everything yeah. you've done. Fantasy football is out of it. <laughs> Live that natty life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not giving them that. I mean, it's 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 He's it's saving. my brand. It's my beer. He's like I'll give up. sponsorship right now. Yeah, I'll, I'll give I'll give up. I'll give up my my fantasy season if it means I can have natty light for, for the rest of my life. That's, <laughs> would that's, you say? That's, would you say your identity is tied more to natty light than it is fantasy football? I would say you know on Twitter. Um, it seems like it's <laughs> football, but if you're around me in my regular life, it's 100% natural light. I mean, natural natural light was there before, you know, this fantasy football analyst came into the picture. <laughs> when this fantasy football analyst thing has seen its course, Natty Light will still be there. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, I'm going to have to side with natural light here. I can dig it. I can dig it. So, why don't we jump into players, and you're going to be giving our first player, so go for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So, I decided to come with something 
a bit more hot, um, you know, trying to think through like, you know, what's going to be some decent engaging content, but also something that I truly believe, you know, it's kind of a, a hard to blend the two sometimes. Um, so I'm going to actually be going with tight end Tyler Higby. I don't like to throw around the, uh, you know, cliches as much, but I truly believe he is that definition of a post type sleeper. I mean, last year we're looking at him, his ADP was around startup ADP was around, I think tight end 11, tight end 12, and he finishes a tight end 17. Absolute huge disappointment, except for that week one performance when everyone took their victory laps, of course. But you look at things this year, you know, his, his startup ADP has dropped to tight end 16, tight end 17. You know, and I would say rightfully so. But what doesn't make as much sense to me is you look around the 2021 tight end landscape, and it's tough for me at least to make an argument that any veteran tight end situation has improved more than Higby's. Um, let's start off with the quarterback upgrade. Like, don't need to talk about how much better Stafford is than golf. That's pretty <laughs> straightforward at this point. And then Jared Elber, Gerald, sorry, Gerald Everett has left town. Like, you know, he was one of the main reasons we didn't, you know, quote unquote, see a breakout. He was definitely on the field a lot, running routes, catching balls, but now he's gone. So it really just leaves Higby's only guy there. You know, like Johnny Munt, like Bryson Hopkins in tow, not really worried about them. Jacob Harris has got some hype on Twitter, but I think he's getting some wide receiver designation at this point. So it's really just Higby at this point. And he, he was, you know, I think he played 70, 73% of the snaps last year, which was pretty good. And we could easily see him creep up into that 80% uh, snap rate as a tight end on the Rams offense. But as we know, it, it's not just about the snaps. Like you can be on the field and you might be blocking. Like it's a little trickier than that when you're at the tight end position. But I, I would also argue that 2020 was his most efficient year as well. Um, you look at his career, he had a career high in yards per target at 8.68. He also ranked eighth among tight ends in yards per route run it just there's a lot of things stacking up like he's getting better and the situation's getting better the quarterback and specifically is better and I think that it, it to me really just comes on that tight end 16 17 price that I think when we're looking to find a tight end that can finish as a tight end one that isn't being drafted as one Higby is really uh screaming to me right now um you know I can sit here and, and ramble about Higby but I do want to turn it over to see the, the rebuttal from you two and see if you have anything to add to some of the things I've mentioned yeah, Skyler, what do you think about Tyler Higby? You see, where you're taking Tyler Higby in your drafts, he's he's just a more safe, more boring. Like, it's really what do you think you're going to get out of Tyler Higby? So, right. So, if you think that he's going to finish the year as a low end tight end one, does that really help your team? Like season in season out, right? Is that going to be a difference maker? So you're deciding when you when you take him there that he's a guy. Maybe if he's your tight end two, or if the guy that you're hoping really breaks out and as a top five, type six type tight end, you're hoping if he doesn't quite pan out, you at least can have Tyler Higby to get you some base floor points. But at this point, I, I don't think I'd expect to see Higby take that leap. We thought maybe at the end of 2019 that he could. So the argument, I guess, against Higby for me is that there's just not a ton of upside there and a low end tight end one is pretty replaceable. Um, how do you feel about that, Tyler? I mean, in some ways, you're not wrong. I, I think that, you know, I look at some of the other pieces of it, like the Rams offense, um, you know, they're like, I think the fourth fastest in terms of plays per game last year. Like, I don't necessarily see them slowing down too much uh, with Stafford there. 
Um, I, I think like the, the narrative that I tell myself and I put into my projections at least was they were run heavy last year to um, hide golf's deficiencies. Um, and now that Stafford's at the helm once again, I'll keep saying it because I love it, um, that, you know, I think McVay's a smart coach. I think he might have been anointed the like, you know, the wonderkin uh, like offensive mind a bit early, but I still think he's a very bright coach. And I think he knows that passing is the way to win in the NFL. And I think that like your points are valid, but I think like I am just excited expecting an uptick in, in pass attempts. I think I got 633 coming from Stafford. Uh, I got Higby as a safe third option behind Woods and Cup. And I, my initial projections haven't spit out with just over 100 targets, catching 70 balls, 778 yards and five touchdowns, uh, making him my tight end eight overall in terms of production. Now, I don't necessarily have him there at tight end eight. I think I'm at tight end 10 right now. But I, I think like my – I don't know if it's an argument or a rebuttal to what you mentioned, but the thing is, is like we know there's this like tight end dead zone, right, where there's like the tight end like 12 to like tight end 22 like it's an absolute crapshoot we're just kind of shooting and praying that one of these guys can finish in you know the top 10 or the top 12 um you know and i wouldn't say the upside's there like i don't think he has much of a chance to finish in the top five or the top six but you know if i'm looking at that that dead zone of tight end 12 to tight end 22 like I'm going to sit here and say, like, who do I think has the best chance in, in leaping out of that zone up into the, you know, the tight end nine range, tight end 10 range. And as I kind of run through my projections and run through my ranks, Higby is the guy that makes the most sense to me. So, you know, with that said, again, like, I don't think he's going to be necessarily a league winner to your point. Um, you know, I, there might be some boring weeks back and forth, but I think he's going to be more than serviceable. I think the Rams are going to be passing a lot. And as the third option for Stafford on a fast paced offense, like I'm there, especially at that ADP of tight end 16, 17. Now here's a quick answer. Give me a quick answer. Um, do you think with Jared Everett leaving that, that instead of uptaking Higby could potentially bring forward a role for, you know, like rookie Jacob Harris or Bryson Hopkins last year? I think it's possible, but I think uh, with my Higby take that I'm not necessarily betting on that. I think he's okay. going to be the clear third. You know, there's Tutu Atwell might get a little bit. Um, Van Jefferson might get a little bit. But, you know, I would bet that after Woods and Cup comes Higby and there's going to be a decent gap between any of the other pass catchers. There we go. Yeah, so I can say my concern real quick is just that not only is Higby a really good blocker, but he's like by far and away the best blocking tight end on the roster, and he has been, and that's – Really, what he's been used to do a lot of the times, just why we haven't seen the numbers we'd like out of him. I mean, last year he was 29th for tight ends and route participation for his offense mm-hmm. um, in the league. So, like, that's basically my concern. Like, I don't like Gerald Everett leaving might be really good for Tyler Higby, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure that Tyler Higby be blocking so much is a Gerald Everett problem. It may be a McVeigh's offense problem. So, that's where I have a little bit of concern there. Do you have do you have any thoughts on that, Tyler? Yeah, I mean, I think they I believe they're returning all five offensive linemen. Um, so they got some consistency there. Um, another chance to plug Stafford, like he's used to playing behind a shit offensive line. So I'm not really too worried about it. Like I sure Higby's gonna end up blocking a little bit, but you know, I, I think Higby's good enough that we're it's not going to be like, oh, Higby needs to block. I think it's going to be a lot more like now he's our guy and we're going to see an up, uptick in those routes run. I mean, that's that's a bet that I'm going to take. And again, with, with yeah. the, the cost of 16, 17 ADP, I'm willing to take that risk. Yeah, you're basically just taking shots on tight ends at that point anyway. Yeah. So if you feel strongly about someone, I can't fault yeah. you for yeah. staking your claim <laughs> yeah, there, you know? You're taking Tyler Higby as tight end 18. So like at that point, it's a middle end tight end two yeah. if he – He's probably on your bench if he finishes a tight end one. It's a it's a win. So, 
why you want to talk about another guy who's right around that area is a kind of middle tight end two, high end tight end two. Yeah. So, yeah. So this is another tight end, you know, kind of same as Tyler, where this guy is going as a tight end two, but I think he should be a tight end one the way same, same way that Tyler thought Higby should be a tight end one, you know, basically, or could be, I should say. Um, so I want to talk about John Smith who now is playing for the Patriots um, he's kind of been this like Twitter darling for a while now, really good athlete. So like the potential is obviously there, but he was on this low volume passing offense. He was playing behind Delaney Walker for a while. When he got his chance, he started to play really well, but then the beginning of last year, Taylor Lewan goes down with a season ending injury and they end up having to keep John in to block way more than they had ever intended because the other tight ends on the roster couldn't block and they needed the help with the protection. And even though he started off to that great week, uh, great year, it all kind of went to waste. Um, and, you know, I don't like to have to do these extrapolations like this all the time, but just to put it in perspective, uh, Taylor Lewan got hurt in week six, counting those six weeks. John was on pace for 57 catches, 689 yards and 14 touchdowns. Now, obviously that touchdown number was unlikely to be, you know, come to fruition, but you can see where he was headed with that season. So to see it, you know, get squandered by the injury, I think, you know, really hurt his stock going into uh, this off season. And then he goes to an offense with the Patriots where they weren't passing the ball very much. You've got Cam Newton there. What's that going to look like this year? So I think people have now are down on Johnny, but for one, I'm betting on the talent because I think that he's a very good player and the, like we've said, that athletic traits are off the charts. We've seen him take handoffs out of the backfield and run 50 yards down the field. Like how many tight ends in the NFL are doing things like that? It doesn't happen very often. And I think the Patriots are a staff and that put their best players in positions to win. And I think Johnny Smith is easily one of the best, if not the best, pass catchers on that offense. So I expect him to be the top option or the second top option. Um and I kind of just trust that to all pan out there with the coaching staff getting Cam Newton either to work to throw it to Johnu Smith or eventually, if and when Mac Jones comes in, I think that actually raises the level even higher because as we know, Mac Jones doesn't run over. We should see all the passing temps r- r- rise up for the offense because he's not a running quarterback like Cam Newton. So I expect Johnu Smith to be a lot better. He's my tight end 10, so I'm taking him a lot higher than ADP currently. Right. I think the big thing with Janu, and kudos to you for not bringing up Hunter Henry the entire time you talked about Janu. But I think <laughs> I think the big thing with him is it's just a tight end philosophy. So it's what you want out of your tight end, what kind of style tight end you like. Because with Janu Smith, he is, as you alluded to, this incredible athlete and right who can be a real red zone target. So you have that touchdown upside. So if he's utilizing the offense to maximize his skill set, he should be seeing a lot of those touchdowns, which when you're talking about who's going to finish as a tight end one, a lot of times it comes down to who's catching touchdowns, right? right. So so for Janu, you're getting kind of that upside, but I would expect a Hunter Henry to be more used between the 20s as that possession receiver, the big guy who can catch the ball and fall down. Now, um, so that's the decision people have to make. You have Janu Smith going his tight end 16, Hunter Henry going his tight end 11. So currently in that flip-flops, depending where you're getting your data, this is just for sleeper. But right. I have a feeling maybe Tyler, with you got liking a guy like Higby, how do you feel about Hunter Henry versus Johnny Smith? Because that's a popular conversation right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think 
All right. Well, I think there's a part of me that in general, I'm just a contrarian in life. Um, I think like in, in fantasy football, um, you know, it's, it's bit me in the ass a bit like in the years past, but I've learned to kind of reel back and pick my battles. Um, and I think, you know, it's important to note that, you know, I'm not, I like Hunter Henry. I like Hunter Henry more than John Smith. I've been ranked above John Smith, but at the same time, I don't, because of the situation where there's literally no one else to catch the ball, they they can coexist. Like this is one of those rare situations where there's two tight ends and they both can be fantasy assets. And I think what makes me feel good about that is like, we've legitimately seen it before. Now this is not me saying it's, you know, on the level of Gronk and Aaron Hernandez, but at the same time, like there is an offensive system that can work at the Patriots with two tight ends that are some of the primary pass catchers. Right. And the reason I like Hunter Henry, I think is just the consistency has been there. Like, yes, he has missed some games. Um, 2018, a completely missed season with the knee. But if you look back, you know, at his points per game, his rookie season, 2016, he was a tight end 15 in points per game. Not great, but if you look at the context of being a rookie, that's pretty damn good. He was tight end six in points per game in 2017, tight end 10 uh, in 2019, and tight end 11 in 2020. But what really attracts me to him in that sense is he was never the, the first passing option. That, that never happened. Like, that was always Keenan Allen. And he was rarely the second passing option. It was either Mike Williams or, or healthy Austin Eckler. So, you know, he's usually the third option in the offense, and he's able to put out these kind of numbers, right? And then I look at the situation with the Patriots, and there's a chance he is the number one passing option. Um, if not, he's likely going to be the number two passing option. So there, he just is going to offer that level of consistency that I'm looking for. You know, I think tight end 11 might be a little bit too rich for my blood. I'm not sure that I'd be jumping at his ADP there. But if I was able to get him around tight end 14, tight end 15, um, he's a guy that I feel pretty confident uh, plugging in there every single week. Um, is the upside there? Not necessarily, but, you know, we talked about the touchdown thing. I, I, I have a tough time. I'm like I, I can't really predict you know we can't really predict touchdowns so like the only thing I really look for when it comes to like tight ends is volume it's just straight volume and I look at what Hunter Henry's done in his past there's always been some pretty decent volume I like what I see out of the guy and I think the volume could uptick with the Patriots especially if um, Mac Jones enter the fold and you know we're talking dynasty here like Cam Newton this is likely his last season and Mac Jones comes in we got to expect there's going to be a lot more passing going on so you know I like them both but you know I tend to lean Hunter Henry especially if John is going to form yeah whenever I profess my love for John Smith on Twitter which I'm one to do you know that argument always comes up with Hunter Henry but like my argument is never John Smith against Hunter Henry I like them both actually I think they both have a chance to succeed um, same as you, Tyler. Um, I actually have Hunter Henry ranked directly after Jan Smith in my personal dynasty rankings. I think they're the top two options on that team, and I think they're both going to succeed. I just like John a little bit more because I like him as a talent a little bit more, and I like that the Patriots went out immediately and gave him the contract, and then Hunter Henry came after that. So that speaks a little bit to you know the way I think the Patriots feel. Uh, you know, for me, it's a fair argument, absolutely. And, and the thing in your dynasty drafts, right, is whoever's there for you as your tight end too, it's going to change each draft, which is why the ADP past the top isn't necessarily as important because plenty of drafts you're going to see if a guy likes John, he's going to take him well before Hunter Henry and vice versa. So you just kind of got to see who falls, who's there. And that's why it's important to know a little bit of what there is to like about each of these guys. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Skylar, you're going to finish this up with some late round targets. So why don't you get after it? Yeah. So each year, um, you know, the rookies come in, we don't expect a whole lot from the rookie year. People might look into them a little bit right around the draft and then they're kind of forgotten until they might have a breakout. 
not the top names, but the guys who come in these third, fourth, fifth round tight ends that we get each year. So I'm just going to talk more about a couple of these guys that I'm rostering everywhere because everyone I'm going to bring up, it's essentially free. So at that point, I mean, we play a lot of two tight end or tight end premium leagues. So for me, just stashing a bunch of these guys and in hopes that one of them becomes somewhat relevant is super important. So the first one is Kylan Granson, who is a five-star recruit who just got taken by the Colts in the fourth round. And I think what's most point for me here is we've seen the Colts utilize the pass catching tight end a lot in the past, as well as Carson Wentz utilizing his pass catching tight ends. And that's exactly what he is. He's not the biggest guy. He's 6'1 or 6'2, 240 pounds, but he has well above average athleticism and he has decent production in college. In 2019 as a junior, he caught, he caught, uh, what's it, like 700 yards and nine touchdowns in like 12 games. So nothing that blows you out of the water. But that's it's good. I like to see at least a little bit of production coming out of these guys because you know he's capable of catching some passes. Right. And when your competition's Mo Alley Cox for pass catching, <laughs> the opportunity will be there. So that's what I like with Granson is he's in a system where there's a chance he'll be utilized. We saw a loser Trey Burton even have some relevance in some of these weeks. <laughs> so that that's why I like on Granson. He's he's free in your leagues. So if somebody owns him, he's a throw in in a trade. If you're in your drafts, you can take yeah. him to your fourth or fifth rounder. Uh, as a taxi squad stash, potentially, or end of your bench, see if you can get him in a couple weeks. Uh, and then for me also, there's Tommy Tremble out of Notre Dame. This guy's just fun to watch. Uh, you watch his blocking tape. He sets the edge. And he's going to help a team so much more that even if he's catching not catching balls or catching balls. And I think where you might think that could be a negative because he's more of the blocking end, I see it as a positive because if you look at that team, his competition's Arnold and ian thomas like there is not a better spot for opportunity and if he's by far and away the best blocker setting the edge for for mccaffrey that he's he's going to get on the field and as a lot of these rookie tight ends that's half the battle is getting on the field you know so from that he's a freak athlete and he was underutilized in the past game at notre dame every time they threw the ball to him i really liked what i saw so i think there's some upside for him catching some touchdowns at least in the rookie year and but he's, he's 6'3", 240, athletics are off the chart. It's a it's a guy worth betting on. So those are my two favorite targets to take out of this. Um, mm-hmm. A couple names to have on your radar. If you like the Hunter Henry type, uh, I have no idea why Harrison Bryant is going as like tight end 37 right now. But they, they really like him in it's Cleveland. A great call. He's just buried. But they really like him there. He, he is like that Hunter Henry where he... I can see a role for him where he's catching a decent amount of passes, maybe some some in the red zone just because he's 6'5", 250. You know, and a rookie this year who's kind of the same thing as Hunter Long, instead of being behind Hooper, he's kind of behind Gesicki. But just his style of play, if he gets a chance, there's a future for him. I don't know if it's this year. Um, but the, the guys I mentioned, and you're talking, Tremble is tight end 33. Um, what's it? Bryant is tight end 38. Granson's tight end 42. Uh, Long is tight end 35. Basically free. <laughs> it's, it's, free. Ba- it's basically free. free. You know, yeah. um, the other two rookies you'll you'll see is Trey McKitty and Noah Gray. Um, they're not my favorite. What you're betting on there is future opportunity. So Gray is kind of an undersized pass catching profile tight end. So you're just stashing him for the day in 2030 when Kelsey's done playing. And Trey, <laughs> and Trey McKitty, you're just 
betting on Jared Cook's role evaporating after next year because no one else there. You know, the opportunity should be there because Donald Parham isn't a thing. So, so those <laughs> some people will be very upset with that. So those are just a couple of darts. Are there anyone on? I'm that still list? holding out a little bit for Donald Parham. Oh but boy, yeah. For what? I, I think for I, Euro I think Tremble. Yeah. I, I like I like Tremble a lot. I mean, I'm. Uh, I'm a Notre Dame fan. I watched a lot of Notre Dame games. I mean, the, the production wasn't there, but that's because Ian Book sucks. And uh, Notre Dame is very focused on running the football. And he was a great blocker. And when he was given some opportunities, like you mentioned, he looked great. I think he landed in a dream spot with, you know, to be completely honest, like probably the best capital uh, he could have hoped for. I mean, Ian Thomas had the entire tight end room to himself last season, and it was an absolute no-go. It was um, real bad. <laughs> yeah, and, and and Dan Arnold like isn't a blocker, so like the, it it kind of like gives a situation where there's really no one there. It is his to, to seize. Um, you know, like you said, he's a hell of a blocker. He'd easily find the field there. I wouldn't be surprised if like he gets used in some like H back kind of roles in a sense where like he's going to be used to block in the backfield maybe a little bit. Um, not that it really helps fantasy, but it does help him get on the field and and show uh, show what he's got. So definitely there with Tremble and then Granson. You know, I think I think it's just more so. There's you look at the tight end room with the Colts, and it's like Doyle's dust, Moelle Cox. I don't think he's going to be anything serious. So the opportunity is existing. So agreeing with you on, on both of them, those are two guys that are roster in multiple leagues. So and if you're I watching, would, uh, if you're watching Notre Dame football, it was probably no surprise to you that Tremble got taken in the third round because because no. of just all the skills that he offers. Not I was praying he was going to end up in Buffalo in the fourth. I think he, <laughs> I think what he would have offered with his versatility and to help improve the run game would have been huge. So when he went in the third, I wasn't surprised. I think some people might have. But I, I, I definitely love where he landed for the reasons you said. Is there anyone on that list that you're rostering, stashing, or anything you'd like to add, White? Yeah, so my favorite out of that group is actually Harrison Bryant. I know, surprise, surprise, the Cleveland Browns fan loves Harrison Bryant. Um, he was the player of camp. Last I actually have him. <laughs> What's that? He was the player at camp last year. Yeah, I mean, he was playing ahead of Njoku as a rookie tight end. And, you know, rookie tight ends, it's one of those positions that people always say it's one of the hardest to learn coming into the NFL. So to see him playing ahead of Njoku right out the gates is a big deal. Um, he's my tight end 25. So when you say his ADP is 38, like obviously I'm, I'm way ahead of that. I'm right there um, you. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's really possible that the Browns try to get out of Austin Hooper's contract at some point. They paid him a lot of money basically because they had to, because that's where the market was going to be. Um, but, you know, everyone knows that Austin Hooper isn't actually worth that much amount of money. Now, I know the contract uh, has a pretty good dead cap hit basically through the extent of it, but they might change that contract, try to trade. I don't, I don't know, but like, I would not be surprised if they tried to get out of that contract at some point. And it's pretty obvious that Harrison Bryant's the next man up. And even if he isn't, the Browns offense is one that tries to utilize multiple tight ends already. So he can already have a role. Like he's not giving you blanks on your roster if you absolutely have to use him. So he I'm caught, a big fan of Harrison he, Bryant. He caught some balls last year, which you just don't right. see from rookies. Like, I think I might've thrown him in a tight end spot once last year. Like, that's not something <laughs> yeah. I was expecting to do. He won me some money in DFS, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, when the entire team is out because they got hot stuff together. Yeah. But, I mean, where you're taking this guy, Brian's probably my favorite. Where you're taking them, I just see a lot of the other tight ends as just roster clogs. They're not even guys I want on my team. So I'd rather throw a Bryant or any of these rookies in my taxi squad, which some people don't love putting tight ends in the taxi squad. I love it. But they're going to take a little bit. But you're taking over. So. If, you, you. if you have a tight end or two already, there's really no need for you to roster guys like Austin Hooper 
or Jared Cook or OJ Howard, Eric Ebron, <laughs> Ferkser, Herndon. Like these are the guys going in the, the exact same range as everyone we're talking about. And they're just not worth rostering to me. So Yeah. Well, I think that's going to do it for all this tight end talk. Uh, before we go, Tyler, do you have anything else you want to plug before we go? No, no, just check me out on Twitter at FFTylerO. Uh, and the big piece is just going to be the fancy hour is going to be booting up either this coming week or the week after. Either way, content will be flying. Um, you know, I'll be letting my listeners know that we're having this partnership rolling and excited to get some new people on board for some killer redraft content. And I would love people yeah. to check out the website with jwbfantasyfootball.com where you, you can find all the hot read stuff right there and yep. check out a couple other things. We're revamping. We're looking to change a little bit how the rankings are up there and a bunch of things mm-hmm. like that. So definitely yeah. go and check Tyler, Tyler out. Big, big changes coming for the JWB fancy football team. We're super excited about it. Super excited to have fancy or hot read joining us. All big things coming forward to everybody. Make sure to come back and watch some more dynasty digest with us and check every, all of our, the rest of our content. We'll see you next time. Yeah. And shout out Natty Light. I put a thing. Yeah, Natty Light in the house. I put a giant sign right there. (laughs) Love it. See you guys.